Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. And now every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's with app offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. What you're looking at there is one of the breach points through which Hamas fighters came into Israel. Warning sirens going off here. I can see some contrails over there. The Israeli airstrikes inside the Gaza Strip has remarkably intensified during the last couple of hours. We've seen these airstrikes really concentrated on residential homes and residential buildings. This is a dangerous time. It can have regional spillover, of course, as well. So at the moment, the only conversation here is a military one. Inside the hospital and without oxygen, without electricity, the incubators and the babies inside, how they're dying one after another. They say that they want a ceasefire if that's what it means to ensure that their relatives aren't killed in any of those airstrikes that we are seeing happening every single day. Israel has now imposed a complete siege on Gaza. So how do they survive? If you have no income, how do you live? Cost of living rose sharply after the war in Ukraine. Could something like that happen again as a ripple effect of the Gaza war? Is it U.S. contractors mainly who are benefiting from this? When the price of oil goes up, the cost of almost everything goes up. Counting the cost on Al Jazeera. Investigating the use and abuse of power across the globe on Al Jazeera. Examining the impact of today's headlines. Explore an abundance of world-class programming. Programs that open your eyes to an alternative view of the world today. Hi there, I'm very excited to welcome you to another exciting edition of The Baby Doctor. We received all your feedback from the first episode and we are grateful that you could make time to join us. Babies bring so much joy to families and once the news of pregnancy hits, everybody just can't wait to meet that baby full of good health and life. But what we sometimes fail to realize is that there are a lot of activities and decisions we take that affect the well-being of the child the mother is carrying. Today, that will be our focus on the baby doctor.
Thanks for staying on The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Today we are looking at in utero health care, what you need to do for baby once you conceive it. Dr. Paddy Ayate of Elemas Health has graciously agreed to be with us here again, and we are so thankful for his presence here because of all the wonderful nuggets he shared with us in our previous edition. You're welcome, Doc. Thank you it's for It's good to me. see you once again. Good to see you too. <laughs> all right. Now, why is prenatal care so important? I have, I have met women here in Ghana who say in the past... Our mothers were, you know, given stuff at home. They managed to give birth to us. Mm -hmm. What's all this fuss about going to the hospital every time, going to sit down and have some gel rub, on, like all these things? Why is it so important? A mother in her life, in the baby, in the life of the baby, are very important. And the objective of prenatal care is to anticipate problems and prevent problems so that she can have a safe delivery. In those days, yes, they, went, they, had, they were pregnant and they had babies, but they also had a lot of problems and people lost their lives. A lot of people lost their lives. In fact, that was part of the reason why delivery was so hazardous that when you have a baby, the old people are so excited that you survived. As they, as they say, Yes, because they know that there's a significant probability that you may lose your child. Now, if it was that normal that people went and had their child babies and came back without events, nobody would be so excited about a successful delivery. With education, with knowledge, with research and understanding, we've come to know that if we see protein in your urine, it means that you are at risk of having a convulsion. And that conversion can result in the death of you or your baby. We've noticed that if we see sugar in your urine, we may, your baby can become oversized and make it impossible for you to deliver vaginally. And that baby may die unexpectedly in your womb. Those things, come up, those things are what makes it possible or necessary for us to do antenatal care because then we are looking for the things that will give you problems tomorrow. We've noticed that if the baby is born, and grandmother uses some herbs to treat the cord, and there's something inside, what will be the result? You may have um, tetanus. So for that reason, we don't want to do that either. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that we need to address and try and, and ensure that too. how can we anticipate these problems? How can we manage them when we do a care so that at the earlier stages of the disease, we don't allow it to progress into more advanced stages of the disease to result in a successful uh, pregnancy. Mm. So essentially, that's what it's about. Anticipate problems, look for problems, stop problems pretty early, preventing them from advancing, and ensure that we get a good, a good, a good outcome at the end. Mm. And Doc, once we've <coughs> established the importance of pre or in utero um, health care for the child and the mother, in this country, depending on where you are, there are certain medical services that you may receive or not. Mm -hmm. um, what are the basic things that every mother should look out for when they go for a prenatal care session, i.e., um, wherever you live in Ghana, whatever amenities are available, what is the basic that you should, the non-negotiable? So like at each visit? Yes. At each visit. We would expect that they would check what, what, are, what we would call your vitals. In other words, they check your blood pressure to see whether it is okay or it is getting, it's getting worse. They'll check your urine 
to see if you have protein or glucose inside your urine. They would examine you, the mother, and ask certain questions to look for certain problems that may occur with you. And in anticipation of the fact that if you find those problems, then we can try and do some particular intervention uh, about it. They would examine you, the mother, and looking for certain signs to, 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 to make sure that you are doing well. They examine the baby. They will listen to the baby's heartbeat. They will assess the growth of the baby to see how much or how well the baby is growing. And then afterwards, they will give you treatment for any of these problems that's okay. Then they will give you treatment in anticipation of certain problems, like treatments against tetanus, mm. against malaria, against low HB, you understand, and then strong bones, things of that sort. They will give you the appropriate treatment for those. So those are the standard things that would occur at generally every antenatal. Uh, antenatal visit. And of course, they'll check your blood level either by blood sample or by examining you to see how to do it. An ultrasound is not required for every visit. But some people tend to like, as they say, I want to see to my the baby. baby. <laughs> and then I want to hear the heartbeat. Heartbeat, yeah. They put on the doctor. They are happy. Fulfill that baby is doing well. But it is nice. I mean, it's a bit unbelievable. It's something that as a man I've never experienced. The fact that something living is inside you, and it's growing, mm-hmm. and it's breathing, and it's fully dependent on you. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. Doc, I will, we'll go into the more advanced treatments um, that some people may access in different facilities across mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but mother and father coming together to make baby. Mm-hmm. Now, baby has been made. Mm-hmm. But are there certain conditions that a father or a mother may have, which will affect the growth of the baby, the normal formation of limbs and, and all that? So there are genetic conditions that if the father has, he may transfer to the baby. Or if the mother has, he may transfer to the baby. Now, the problems with most of these conditions are that there are some conditions that if one parent has, the baby may have. And there are some conditions that if one parent has, the baby will not have it unless the other parent also has the same, con- same condition. So um, I'll use sickle cell as an example, and that's because it's, it's pretty common. Um, if the father is AS and the mother is AS, the father can produce a sperm which is carrying the S gene. If that meets an egg that is carrying the S gene, you would result in an SS child. Now, that would have a problem in utero most of the time, but after you deliver, that is when the challenges uh, uh, um, do occur. But sometimes the father has a condition and the mother's genes doesn't have the gene that counteracts that condition. And the end result is that the child then has um, some of these uh, uh, abnormalities. The issue we have to deal with sometimes is uh, what do you do when these things uh, mm. um, happen? Because they are, they are pretty challenging. Um, sometimes you can fix them after the baby is born. Uh, other times the couple have to decide as to whether they really it's something they wish to wish to continue the pregnancy or, or not. There have been people that have been born that they themselves are carrying a particular gene defect. Okay. And when they get pregnant, the child automatically carries that, that, that gene defect. And there've been cases there've been cases like that that the child who had a, a problem that the father had or that the the, mm. the, the, the mother had. Those ones, they are genetics. You really can't do you know, very much uh, about it. All you can do is to plan for how you manage the child after the, the, the child is born. But 
It's life. What about chronic diseases? Um, say, mom is hypertensive, or even dad, or diabetic, or yeah. has any for, other condition? For a lot of these conditions, yes. If you're, is the fa- that's what they call a family. When, we, when you go to the hospital, they ask you, does anybody in your family have the following conditions? Then they ask you a long list, because they are inherited. So if your father is diabetic, it's entirely possible that you will inherit the defects that made your father diabetic. With diabetes, thank God, we can actually pick it before it becomes diabetic. Because there's a process that occurs. And there's a certain test that we can run that will tell us that you will be diabetic in 10 years or in 20 years. And there are interventions we can put in place today, available today, that we, we, I mean, I do it on a regular basis, that we can actually try and prevent you from becoming diabetic because we can correct the, the defect that is occurring in your body now that will ensure that you're not diabetic. So if you are diabetic, if your father is diabetic or that your mother is diabetic and you are not one of those um, people who became diabetic young, you really shouldn't be diabetic in your later years mm-hmm. because there are things you can do today to ensure that you don't become diabetic. Okay. And action should be taken. However, these are things that we transmit to, 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 our, to, 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 to our babies. Does and it affect, so, the, sorry to interject, but does this, does this affect the survival rate of a child? Um, okay, in some conditions, yes. So there was this lady who was trying to get pregnant. But every time she got pregnant, the baby would die with four, three months. And we couldn't understand why. So we sent her for genetic studies. And they took her blood, they took her husband's blood, they studied the blood, and discovered that one of her genes was faulty. She had a mutation in one of her genes, and the result was, this is what was happening. Subsequently, she saw a, a, a doctor, an IVF was done for her, and they took all the embryos abroad. And they came back with a report that all the embryos had a defect. And so none of them were going to survive. But the miracle about that lady is that she got pregnant by herself one day, and that one stayed. Interesting. And she's had that child. Wow. We haven't done genetic studies of that child yet. I guess we should, to see whether it still has that defect. Or she had an isolated mutation that negated that, you understand? Negative, negative became a positive. And then that is why that baby survived. But it was, it was a great miracle that she had that baby, because after all the things she had been through, we knew that there was a problem that was going to be very difficult to, mm. to surmount. Mm. Doc, are there certain categories of women with certain conditions that you would recommend treatment for before they attempt getting pregnant? Because, you know, sometimes you meet people who are very strong-willed and they say that, oh, it's okay, I can still have my child. But are there certain conditions that you would advise get treatment first or... You know, no, the, before are, you get pregnant, there are quite a number of them. I have a patient right now that has a, a heart defect, and they say one of her valves is not working properly, and she wants to get pregnant. And she's come to see me that, hey, doctor, I want to get pregnant, and I said, I need permission from your cardiac doctor first. Until he says that you are good to go, I'm not going to try, um, because pregnancy comes with a certain amount of load and stress. If that woman has that stress on her heart and her heart can't cope, she will die. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. She, I and her husband, we agree that we'd rather have her alive. So the focus is how can we get the heart condition fixed? They plan to do cardiac surgery for her. The hope is that once that surgery is done and her heart capacity improves, 
we can actually consider having um, 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 a pregnancy. If you, are, if you have uncontrolled hypertension, pregnancy puts hypertensive stress, it's even going to get worse. You may end up with a stroke or something even worse, say you may die. There's really no point. If you've got uncontrolled diabetes, another problem. Even getting pregnant is going to be difficult. And if mm. you manage to succeed in getting pregnant, the risks of damage are so high and so extensive. Your diabetes might so like going to get worse, 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 and eventually you may even lose the baby. We would want you to control your, your diabetes first. If you've had a kidney transplant, we have a serious conversation to have. Because the stress of pregnancy, once again, on the transplanted kidney, you would need a certain level of care. That if, it's, if you are not in good health before you start, or if that level of care is not available for you, we will tell you don't try. Because we recognize the fact that anything that we think may put your life at risk, it's something that we would want to have controlled, to be in good control before you have it. If you've got excessive hypertension, you can lose the pregnancy. Six, seven months, baby will just die in the uterus. Diabetes too, the same thing. Even thyroid uh, problems. Well, th- thyroid problems can cause high BPs. The high BPs can cause the baby to die. So even the conditions that we see on a normal day-to-day basis that people have and are working about with, if yours is not under good control, it's not advisable um, um, to get pregnant. And that's part of the reason why we want you to be, even nutritionally, to be in, in good health. Because, for example, um, we give you folic acid. Wow. The reason why we give you folic acid is because there's a condition called a neural tube defect where the spine of the baby has gaps inside. And that gap sometimes causes the spine to, the, 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 the membrane around the spine to bulge out and things of that sort. That problem is prevented by having adequate amounts of folic acid in your system. And that is why we tell women, before you want to get pregnant, take folic acid. Okay. And even if you are not planning to get pregnant, you just be taking the folic acid because after all, half of our pregnancies are not planned anyway. It's normal. You're right. Yes. <laughs> we are guilty. Don't worry. <laughs> so those are things that we can... So we want you to be... Before you get pregnant, your sugar should be under control. Your blood pressure should be under control. You should ensure that you're taking necessary vitamins, that your diet should be good. You should be taking necessary vitamins to ensure that you are, you are in, in good balance. When you get pregnant, your baby has got the stores in the bank to draw from when it is in its growing process. Mm. What do you mean exactly when you say your diet should be good? Okay. So, proteins, carbs, vegetables, fruits, we've all been told about a balanced diet. The unique part that we have to take note of, because in school they tell you, oh, you need to eat some of this and some of that and some of that, and don't eat, you know, not, don't skip out your fruits and vegetables. And there's one thing about the Ghanaian diet. We don't really eat that many vegetables. I mean, contombre, okra stew, maybe tozafi, then garden egg stew. Then after that, it kind of falls away. You don't have that many, that much variety. Unlike, say, like Nigerians and the wide varieties they have in their vegetables. And a lot of people, I got a patient today. Her husband said, I make salad for her. She doesn't eat. <laughs> in my head, I was saying, hey, you are lucky your husband is making salad for her. <laughs> You, you, you would eat because she doesn't, like, she, she doesn't like salads, but she also doesn't recognize the importance of those kinds of things. But one of the biggest challenges we have with our diet, and this is a pet peeve of mine, is that we eat like farmers who are going to weed. Carbohydrate-dense meals, which provide us a lot of energy, intended for weeding, digging, 
you know, pulling fishing nets and things of that sort. And all we pull is a pen and a paper. So we are eating the food that a farmer should eat, and we are doing the work of an office worker. Mm. So we are eating, in essentially, we are eating carbohydrate-dense meals. The problem with carbohydrate-dense meals is that you have excess carbohydrates, and that means you have excess sugar. And the excess sugar is what is converted into fat, cholesterol, blah, 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 blah and all the problems that we have. If we have less carbohydrate-dense meals, or we reduce the amount of carbs we take, and increase the amount of vegetables and fruits that we consume, we would be in more, a better balance than we were, you know, before. Mm. We are all guilty. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, white bread and soda mm. yeah, is mm. something that we all like. Mm. But something Dark. that we all have to be a bit more careful about right. in our consumptions. Right. But if we adjust our diets a little bit and eat healthier, wider variety of vegetables, a wider variety of fruits, fruits are better consumed whole than juiced. Because whole includes fiber, and that slows, slows the, fuel, uh, the glucose absorption, prevents glucose spikes. And there's a whole discussion we can have about glucose spikes and the effects that it has. But excessive glucose in our blood, obesity, um, diabetes, they've actually found links with hypertension and links with several other disease conditions, just be- even cancer, mm. just because we have high levels of sugar, glucose in our, in, in our blood. Mm. So those adjustments in our diet would ensure that we are healthier. And we can also give us healthier babies. Mm. Once we've brought up the issue of diets, there's a, a common thing that most pregnant women deal with, cravings. Mm-hmm. Cravings. I mean, you hear some of the things women crave when they are pregnant, and you wonder what is happening. Why exactly are your taste buds working in such abnormal ways? <laughs> Someone says, for example, I, I feel like eating ice cream and something spicy mm. i'm saying but how can you feel like eating ice cream and something spicy it, it just doesn't really make sense but that's what her body is telling her so you sprinkle pepper on the ice cream <laughs> to it give kill you. yes but dog the things we crave let's take what we locally call shiri right calabash uh, chalk ayelo ayelo <laughs> if you are in, if you're in a crowd that's how it's called and the impact of these things on the baby now the focus is on what mom is taking and how it affects baby. I, I, a lady told me, and she confessed to me, she said, look, I felt like taking beer. So I just put it in my mouth and I rinsed it and I spat it out. <laughs> All these things, how do they affect the child? It depends on, you see, the craving is there. The craving doesn't affect the child. Indulging in the craving affects the child. So it's normal to have those cravings. And the best way to manage it is to find alternatives that will take, take you know, your, 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 your mind off the thing that you are craving to eat. Mm. Um, one of the things that works, for example, especially in the first three months when your mouth is funny and you want something to put inside, is just ginger. So ginger has been found to reduce nausea almost as much as the medicines we give you. Okay. I mean, we give you medication and we give you ginger, and the result is almost the same. So what can you do? You can take ginger, peel it nicely, cube it, Put it in the fridge. Have a small bowl of sugar if you want. Dip the ginger in sugar. Chew it. If you keep that in your mouth, less saliva, your mouth tastes a, a little bit better, and spitting is less, and you would feel, you know, you're a, a little bit, uh, you know, not as bad as you used to feel. So chew. ginger helps with some people. The problem with aloe and that kind of stuff, it's, it's essentially death. 
is dirt. Something from the ground that has been molded, and then we end up eating dirt because we want to have a, it gives a particular kind of sensation in your mouth that you, 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 it makes you feel a little bit better. The challenge is that all the worms, worm seeds, you know, uh, a few days ago I discovered some, Atom Fantikin came in my house that had grown a bit moldy on the outside. So I decided to peel it off. And I discovered that when I peeled it off, there were worms inside. And I was wondering, how did the worm get there? And it's fancy kinky. So maybe the worms were on the leaves, or the eggs of the worms were on the leaves, and they've multiplied and things. But I was really wondering how the worm got inside there. So this is a leaf that was cleaned before they wrapped the thing. And can you imagine if you're actually having the dirt itself in your, in your mouth? It's, 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 it's not cool. Um, the objective is avoid such cravings. So let's find other things that we can, we can eat. If your craving is to drink beer, uh, there's no alcoholic beer. You can find non-alcoholic beer, you drink it. Apart from the calorie count, it will not cause you to have um, the alcohol problems that we are worried about. That's why we, are, we avoid it. Uh, I would not recommend that you go and smoke if you have a craving for, for, for Tobacco, nicotine. Tobacco, yeah. We would rather you, you, you avoid that you know, totally at all. But experiment among healthy alternatives, and you may find something that works for you. So a woman says you choose ice. I say chew your ice. It's not going to worry your baby. It's not going to worry you, apart from the coldness. If it works for you, please go ahead. I'd rather you chew the ice than have a yellow. Right. So you find an alternative that works for you. If you can chew the ginger all day long and it makes you feel okay, I'd rather you did that. Then you did, you know, some other thing that is less harmful. Um, or, like, some cravings are not bad. What if I crave a lot of sugary stuff? Uh, we have to find ways to... So, okay, so there are sweet things, which are not necessarily... Okay, they taste sweet, but they're not necessarily as sugary. So two things. I'll give you an example. There's a fruit called monk fruit. You can find the monk fruit sugar, which is not as bad as fruit sugar, but it's not as bad as the processed sugar that we have from sugar cane. But then in this small red fruit, I don't know what the name is. The one that makes everything sweet. Everything is sweet. <laughs> There's some in my fridge. I took, my father has a tree in his house. Okay. So we them, actually we scattered the tree that day. We took all of it. And then he has some lemon tree as well. So we did the experiment and ate it, had the lemon, and the lemon tasted sweet. If you create sugary things, hey, go, go and get that fruit and put it in your mouth. When you finish, eat any sensible food. It will take sweets and to satisfy that craving. The objective is to find alternatives which are healthy. Mm. But only you can figure out which one works for you. But how does it affect the baby when a mother is, you know, taking or ingesting so first, much? First of all, if you have, for example, excess, uh, excess sugary things, sugar level goes up, insulin level goes up, insulin affects your entire metabolism, progesterone level goes down, baby's ability to survive, especially in the first three months, becomes a problem. If it's in the first three months, you may lose your pregnancy from excessive high insulin levels, both of its effects on, on, on progesterone. If it continues later on, baby gains excessive weight. Unexpected fetal death is a risk. Um, um, hypertension of the mother itself as a result of the excessive sugar comes. Diabetes itself is a risk. All those things are risks, especially even... Because all these medical problems of the mother puts the baby at risk. At risk. Mm-hmm. If a mother has hypertension in pregnancy, what you call uh, uh, preeclampsia, the solution is delivery. If the preeclampsia is at five months, that baby will not survive delivery. If the preeclampsia is at eight and a half months, most likely the baby will survive. You are almost certain the baby will survive. But the solution is the same. It's delivery. Mm. 
And here the mother is the priority. And the mother is the priority. So if you have to deliver the baby, the, the, if the mother has to be delivered of the baby at 20 weeks, the baby will not survive because it's too young. The, the, the treatment is the same. A young baby, young pregnancy, old pregnancy. The question is, how will the baby survive? So the objective is how can we get you as far as possible? And so how can we avoid the things that will put the baby at risk? We say don't drink alcohol because you drink alcohol, you can give birth to a baby that is alcohol dependent mm -hmm. as a baby. So the person rinsing their mouth, I mean, they're only rinsing their mouth. Yeah. They're not ingesting the um, alcohol. You know when you put methylated spirits on your skin, you know it starts feeling, you know it starts, it starts feeling cold right. because it's, the fluid is uh, evaporating, but your skin is absorbing. We use alcohol as a vehicle to give you medicine. Why? Because you absorb it. Right. It, 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 it allows you to absorb things better. Mm. Now, alcohol, the ego is inside. I'm asking this question for someone who's trying to make up excuses and say, oh, dog, but I didn't drink the alcohol. I just, you know, and sometimes... Get you know, the non-alcoholic beer. There's this it's interesting available. thing I heard. When a lady said, oh, just a shot of whiskey on the child's head, you know, it will kill the worms and, worms. you know... Yeah, but all these myths She has around, got worms in her uterus. I, I don't even in know her where, uterus, where they hear all these things hey. from. Mm. And then she's very ill. She needs surgery <laughs> to take out the worms. Just a shot of whiskey. Oh, no, no, no. They say it won't harm the child. No, no, please, we don't want. Mm. And the problems with these things, drugs, alcohol, you don't know the amount that you take that would cause a lifelong problem for you with that child. You just abstain. Mm. I have a patient, a man. I said, oh, your wife, her system looks good now. I want to give her medication. Let's try for pregnancy this month. He said, no. Why? I've been smoking and drinking. I want three months clear from now. I will not smoke, I will not drink, so that all the, those chemicals will leave my system, so that the sperm will not have any of those in, before he makes his wife pregnant. Doc, I'm happy you brought in the male perspective mm -hmm. as well, because all this while we've been talking about what a woman may be doing, because she's the one incubating, she's the one carrying, and so the burden is on her. But I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised to know that it's as important for, for the man yes. as well to avoid some of these things, especially if he's trying, in to, the, in, if he's trying to make her pregnant. Yes. yes. Right. Yes, it is better if he abstains from. Um, that different things have different effects. Alcohol, weed, those who smoke weed, it has effects on the sperm. Um, um, cigarette smoking generally affects cilia and motility all over, the, all over the body. So it doesn't mean that you cannot make a woman pregnant if you smoke. Mm. It just means that you are reducing your chances. And if she's having difficulty in getting pregnant, it is better if you don't, you don't, you don't do those things. The woman's, apart from producing the gene, has to carry the baby for nine months. So during the period that she's carrying the baby for nine months, all the things she indulges in also affects the, the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, they, are, they always give you restrictions about drugs when you're pregnant yeah. because you take the drug, it enters your bloodstream, it fil some is filtered to the baby. Mm. So the drug you take is filtered to the baby. It has been found in the baby's blood afterwards. And therefore, and it may impact the baby. So we say, oh, don't take this medication at this time because it can affect your baby. So the things you do can actually affect your baby. So, Doc, let me take you back to the question about women with chronic diseases, because then there are some of them who are constantly on medication, managing their symptoms yes. and all that. How do they go about it if they, 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 they want to get pregnant or even in the process of pregnancy? So if you have a chronic disease and you intend to get pregnant, you should have a discussion with your chronic disease doctor. 
that, hey, I'm going to be trying to get pregnant over the next few months. Will any of my medications impact my baby? The doctor will then look at your medications, and if there are any of them that will impact your baby, he will give you an alternative. Now, the objective of the alternative is that this is milder, and your baby can cope with that a whole lot better. Compared to the other one where he was giving you before, that if he gave it to you, may indeed affect the way your baby, your baby um, 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 functions, or the baby grows. So he can do that. Then if you do get pregnant, you inform your obstetrician that these are the medications my doctor has put me on for okay. my chronic condition. Right. Then he also starts from his end. If there's any medication he doesn't like, then he has, either he has a discussion direct to your doctor or tells your doctor, hey, can you change this to this other one because this other one doesn't cross the placenta. The objective is I wouldn't want to be changing what your other doctor is giving you, but we need to collaborate and agree as to what is best for for our clients. And that is what the thing is. You get the right kind of medication that will manage your chronic condition, but will not adversely affect your, your, your baby. And we did that for thyroid disease, we did that for diabetes, all different conditions. Okay, they all have medications that we mm. can give. Doc, since, I mean, a lot of women, women don't plan pregnancies, even for people who are married and are hoping to build families, sometimes they tell you, I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just put these women on these medications that you've suggested? Why do we need to wait? Because some people may catch it late and who knows, it may affect the child and all True. that. Now, what, what are the doctor seeing a patient who is non-pregnant is looking for the best treatment and of all the options may choose what is best for you at that time. It may achieve good results, and everybody's happy about it. The challenge comes with when she says she wants to get pregnant. Then we have to change the medication to another one, which may not give us as excellent results as the first one did, but we are being considered for the pregnancy which is coming. You must also remember that the pregnancy itself changes your body. So the way your body even responds to the first drug might not be the same as the way it used to respond when you're non-pregnant. All the drugs that we have were tested on non-pregnant people. Because you can't test drugs on pregnant people. Okay. So the treatment, the calculations, everything. There's one particular drug that we give for hypertension. And my argument is that it's supposed to last for this number of hours. And I say it lasts for a shorter number of hours because in pregnant women, they metabolize it faster. Okay. So if you change the way you give it, instead of the standard way, you get a better cover compared to if you did it the way they say you should do it. And these are differences that occur just because the woman, the woman uh, um, is pregnant. So... If she's not pregnant, you want to give her what you think is best for her. The moment she says she intends to get pregnant or she wants to get pregnant, we will have to change it to some other, to some other drug. Mm. So that is why the moment you get pregnant, please inform your doctor that I've missed my period. Mm. There's a lot to explore. Uh, we'll be talking about environmental factors and how they affect the child's emotional development. We'll also be talking about medical interventions that help you cater for your children in the womb, just in case uh, the doctors detect an anomaly. Do stay with us. We'll be right back.
Thank you so much for staying on The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abu Beidulansa. Here we are all about making children happier and healthier because guess what? A happy child makes a happy home. Today we've been talking about caring for your child once they are in the womb and Dr. Paddy Ayete of uh, LMS Health has been helping us with all the information we need so far on all the topics that we've touched on. It's now time to talk about the environment that a child is growing in, even though they're in the mother's womb, so i.e. the mother's environment. We've already established the importance of what a mother eats, medications and all that because of the impact they may have on baby. But what about the environment a woman finds herself in? Does her mood affect the child and the child's emotional development, whether she's happy, whether she's sad, whether she's been abused, etc.? The mother's environment affects the way she feels. And the way she feels affects the way the child feels. So if the mother is stressed, stress hormones are going to go up. Those stress hormones will go into the baby, and the baby's stress levels too are going to go up. If a mother's, it's always interesting to see, sometimes you listen to the baby's heartbeat, and it's very fast, then you check the mother's heartbeat, and hers too is fast. Then you understand, ah, the baby's heartbeat is fast because the mother's heartbeat is fast. And that's heartbeats. I mean, it's your heart and your heart, but look at the, 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 the way it is. Um, the, if I'm, we would prefer that our pregnant mothers are in the least stressful environment you know, as possible. And we encourage spouses to be as supportive as possible. There's a, a story I tell my, 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 my clients, which is um, the woman who is pregnant is not your wife. She has been possessed by an alien <laughs> and that alien determines all the things that she does and everything that she does to you she doesn't remember everything you do to her she will go and tell your wife when your wife comes back that this is what you did and your wife will hold it against you for the rest of your life so just cope right do your best for the, you know, crazy request that may come, and this too shall pass. Thankfully, it's a self-limited, sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> and the, the husbands that are able to make that adjustment yeah. to know that, you know something, you know, this is just for a season, it's not her fault, it's the baby that, has, that is making things like that, and have become tolerant and understanding, are able to cope better. But it allows them to create an environment that allows the pregnant woman to, to, to thrive and not to be as stressed. Stress, once she gets stressed, other things go wrong. And those other things that go wrong can eventually result in an adverse outcome. The baby feels the stress. The pregnancy itself may not be able to continue because as a result of the stress that is uh, this. And, there are several, we, we, and that is only one part of it. Mm. We don't want the pregnant woman to be in a, a room where people are smoking. Because she will inhale the nicotine and she will inhale the cancer causing chemicals in cigarettes, it will affect her, therefore, it will affect the baby. We don't want her to be in an environment where there are high um, chemicals that you can absorb either onto her skin or inhale or get inside her. All those things are from the environment. So, environmental toxins are a problem environmental um, um, situations that are around her, as in stressful situations, emotional situations, can also 
give her challenges, and those challenges transmit to, to, to the baby. And babies, even though they are in utero, are pretty perceptive of the environment that is around them. It has been found that when a husband comes home, the baby is away. The baby in the tummy is away. And the husband can come home and speak to that baby, and the baby would respond by action. No, the baby wouldn't say, hello, daddy, but he respond <laughs> yeah, sure. by action. And you know that, hey, he's responding to your voice. It's been said that if you want your child to become a, a very good mathematician, play Mozart to that child. Mm -hmm. um, that means this guy, this country, I don't know how many mathematicians will produce, because <laughs> how many of us are playing Mozart to our children? But there are things that, mm -hmm. music that is outside the, the, the womb, basically outside the mother's body, the baby inside the womb, and think about it, skin, subcutaneous tissue, muscle, um, sheath, peritoneum, uterine wall, uterine muscle, endometrium, into the sac, inside a bag of water, and the baby can still hear that sound or perceive that sound. It shows how aware the baby is of the external environment inside the mother, external to the baby, so therefore inside the mother, mm -hmm. and even the environment the mother is in as mm -hmm. well. And if you want to have good outcomes, try and create a good environment, you know, all around. Mm. And, and talking about um, the child responding, responding to the father's voice or knowing the father's voice, it reminds me of my own experience. There was a, a certain program I was watching so much. And you won't believe it. I was shocked when I had my first son. The program was on it. He quickly turned <laughs> and was looking at the TV. And I said, you remember? Like, like it's, does it ring a bell? And then I started reading and researching more about these things and the importance of, of the environment and how even the child develops intellectually. Mm -hmm. And the, the Mozart thing you've yeah. mentioned, I mean, there's some who dispute that. But generally, it is established that it is important. But topical creams. Mm -hmm. Quite recently, I saw... Um, a research paper on that, on especially bleaching creams used by pregnant women. Do you just want to touch briefly on that? Why should a pregnant woman bleach? No, they do. Why? What's the objective? Because it's something they've started, and so they need to continue uh, the to process. Maintain. Maintenance. Uh, hey, okay, sorry. Well, the skin is the largest surface that we have to absorb things. Well, the intestine too is there, right? So, if we, anything you put on the skin can be absorbed. And it's absorbed into the bloodstream, into the bloodstream all over the body, including into your baby. So whatever they... And take note, a baby is growing. Its organs are being formed. The formation of these organs can be interrupted by chemicals. So the baby is forming nicely. The leg is forming nicely. Then you, take, you apply something on your body that contains a chemical that gives short legs then the leg is no longer formed properly, and your baby has an abnormality of the leg, and the leg is short. Then the baby is born, then you get up and say, eh, this has never happened in your family, and you are from a royal home, and you can't take this baby home. But it's not your genetics. It's the things you put on your skin. It's the things you put in your body. That has resulted in a baby being like that. So, essentially, when you are pregnant, you want to ensure that your body is as holy as possible. Don't put anything on your body that you are not sure is safe for your baby. It's a, short, it's a sacrifice for a short period. Nine months of sacrifice and 70 years of enjoyment. Or refuse to make that nine months of sacrifice 
and you may end up having 70 years of misery. Looking after a problem that you caused by your action. Only because you couldn't just manage that. You manage the Coca-Cola legs and Fanta face for a few months. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, so a lot of women get the, the pigmentation problem, especially on their faces when they begin to look dark. And some women just don't like the, the, the look of away. that. So they cut off their fat nose too. <laughs> the nose is fat. What are they doing about it? They'll cut it off. They'll trim the nose. It will go away. Interesting, dog. Um, there are many myths surrounding pregnancies and what women must do, what they must avoid. You know, the locally made stuff that sometimes women are given. Traditionally, you're told that, oh, this one, it will strengthen the child or it will purify the blood or, you know, many of these stories that we hear. What general advice would you give um, in, in terms of locally manufactured things? And, and sometimes, you know, they're given to you by mothers, grandmothers, in-laws. It can be quite difficult. Yes. So we have a concern about the herbal products. Let's just put it that way. And the concern is not the efficacy, even though some of them have not proven efficacy, but because of the fact that they are not purified and refined, in that mixture of herbs are things that may actually cause you to have kidney failure or put your baby's life at risk. And our concern, therefore, is that if it is not something that we have known, we know is proven to be safe in pregnancy, we do not recommend that you take it mm. because the risk is too high. If anything goes wrong, it's 100% to you. All that 1 in 10, 1 in 20, it is 100% to you. And so it's not worth it. It's not worth taking that risk for a benefit that is doubtful. So that is one. Two, you really need to ask, what exactly is this going to do and how does it do it? Because you may discover that what they're asking you to take it for actually is not necessary. Like the whiskey on the head thing. The whiskey does not reach the head, so well, well, there's no point. Uh, there are so many th things that they say that you really need to just ask a few questions. But I tell people that my general recommendation is not to say no. You can collect it and dispose of it accordingly. Because that whole friction that comes up, and I gave her this, and she won't take it, and blah, blah, blah. If it's an amulet, maybe it shouldn't enter your house. But if it is a drink or something, you can receive it. And when you reach home, you would deal with it accordingly. But it's, it's, it's sometimes not the wisest thing to tell them, I won't take it, I won't do this. I won't. It brings unnecessary strife. Mm. Let them be happy that they've thought of you. For a lot of them, they are speaking from a good place. This is what was used in their pregnancy that gave birth to them. This is what they have used for they themselves. So for some of them, it is because we've used this. We believe it made a difference in our life. We, be, we want to share that with you. And who knows? They may be right. The issue may be because it is not proven or tested. There are so many things that we would love. I'm sure there are solutions that we have in our herbal products. But bring it, test it, prove it, and then let, us, let it be distributed to the market knowing that, hey, it has a proven efficacy. They are trying to hide it from themselves and from their own children so that they die with it. And the result Special is Special recipe. Mm. 
it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Uh, KFC special recipe recipe is all over, it's all over the, the world. place now. We are all doing it. <laughs> Coca Cola special recipe is all over the place. Mm. Uh, uh, Atam special recipe died with him. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a really important subject that we have to touch on, um, especially on, on, uh, on the issue of traditional or herbal concoctions that a lot of women have to or are given to take during pregnancy. But um, finally, before we wrap up, Doc, there is the advancement of science. Mm -hmm. There is technology um, that is available to women um, even if the child, for example, if you detect an anomaly, and I know there are hospitals around the country now that provide anomaly scans, uh, which is not something you get everywhere, though. But what can be done? What are the medical interventions that we can give to baby in utero once we determine, we determine that baby is not well? Okay. So, yes, those interventions do exist. I'll give you one example. So I had a patient who had... Um, a blood incompatibility problem. That is, the, baby, the mother's blood group and the baby's blood group were not compatible. And as a result, the baby became very jaundiced and the baby died. So the next time she got pregnant, I gave her certain warnings that the next time you get pregnant, we will um, check your blood. And if we think titers are rising, knowing your husband's blood group already, we know that problem will occur. And at a certain point in time, we will need to change the baby's blood in your uterus. And now this is something that we couldn't do, but we found here a hospital in the UK that could do it. So she went to the UK and with my long essay, telling them this was the problem, this is a test we did, and we strongly believe that this will happen in this pregnancy, and so we are suggesting that they do X, Y, Z. They read it and said it wasn't going to happen. Uh, a few weeks later, they tested her and realized it was happening. So they put, did an ultrasound, and under ultrasound guidance, put a needle through her tummy wall, through her uterine wall, through the sac, to the baby's umbilical artery, and changed the baby's blood. Wow. In utero. This was in the UK. And they did it for her. Babies survived. Um, interventions like that exist. Recently, uh, there's a gentleman, I think it's Nigerian actually, based in America, who did uh, in utero surgery. So cut the tummy, cut the uterus, butter the sac, baby, did the surgery on the baby for, I think it was a heart problem or a chest problem, and then put the baby back inside the uterus, and the mother continued to carry the pregnancy and delivered later on. These are high-technology things. The challenge has always been in our part of the world is we don't have the equipment to do some of these things. And the cost of the equipment and the cost of replacing the equipment, because unfortunately with our healthcare system and replacement, it's always a bit of a challenge, and pricing and replacement. But those interventions do exist, especially in advanced countries, mm. to do things for the baby in utero. But some of the things that, I mean, the, the nice thing about detecting some of these problems here is that you can see this child has this problem, and then you can start talking with a doctor who can operate on that problem even before the baby is born. Okay. And we had one case like that where we detected a problem. The intestines were not connected to each other. Mm. And we detected it by ultrasound in, in utero. Discussed with a pediatric surgeon that the baby has this problem. This is what needs done. And we agreed. 
The pediatric surgery said we can do the surgery for the baby on a Tuesday. We also we spoke to the radiologist who agreed to do the tests for the baby on a Tuesday morning. And then we delivered the baby Tuesday dawn. Took the baby's blood sample, sent straight to radiology. Radiology ran their tests, printed out their results, sent to pediatric surgery. The blood sample that we took at 5 a.m. got to pediatric surgery by the time the baby got to pediatric surgery. So the baby was there. Radiology results were there. Lab results were there straight to theater, same day. Mm. So those interventions are possible if you can plan those things ahead. And that comes by detecting those kinds of problems early, that this is the problem coming, let's plan for it. And it is possible to do that in this country. Well, I hope you've learned a lot today, uh, Dr. Padi Ayete, helping us with all the information we need about in utero care, the very vital and important ones. And uh, before we go, here are tidbits for today. Prenatal care. Avoid self-medication. Avoid smoking and alcohol consumption. Avoid activities that causes stress. Ensure to be in a safe environment. Continuous intake of your prescribed medication. Having a healthy pregnancy is one of the best ways to promote having a healthy baby. That'll be it for today's edition of The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Let me say a very big thank you to Dr. Paddy Ayete of Elimas Health. You can find him uh, at Airport Residential Area, number 10A, Volta Street. Or you can just give him a call, and the number to call is 024 And let me also say a very big thank you to Azel Vogue for my beautiful dress. You can find her on Instagram, Azel Vogue. And you can call the number on your screen, and she will give you beautiful designs for all occasions. Let me say thank you again to Think Media, where we are bringing you the show from. Think Media is the best creative agency here in Ghana. Anything creative, your shows, your recordings, just allow Think Media to do the thinking for you. Until we meet again next week, it's goodbye from me. Hopefully, when we are back next week, we'll be delving into delivery. Now you have taken care of baby, it's time to deliver. What must you know? I'll be back to tell you all that. Until then, it's goodbye.
Telecom Black Friday is back. Now bigger and better. From 3rd November to 3rd December, just enjoy flaming hot Black Friday unbeatable deals in all Melcom stores nationwide and online. It's time to shop like never before. Melcom Black Friday is back and now live. Terms and conditions apply. Melcom, where gotta shops. And as I would when they share comfort, not to teaching hospital, the only one in me, the crack run in BR, and so the Edward Jensen, and what could he ask you? BCC, I had a Sabia, man, a fan and Toma Pafrebio, man, a Sabia, a Sassini Paco Jayarish, Yura, a Santini, or two four or six to two Abbeu. And the Ayana Kuma Sua dear. See a BCCG. I'm not saying Canadian import. And then it's a year was here to teach us in the So, and now, Uma Missy Babu Magic, Uma Mondes is Magic, and now, as our magic. So, we are here, boom, by years and the Pedas. So, as I said, as I said, it's Mommy and Yam Renia, that the man was as it does. So, and Penny Ford when you bore. Say Obe tumi afasa akwan mu bia aso edi aboa Your day is never dull when you tune into Joy Prime. Wake up to Prime Morning on weekdays as Rosling, KMJ, and Asiedua kickstart your day with breakfast of issues. The entire explains Sakodia came promise at the Grammy absence. Stay informed with our news updates, sports coverage, all interlaced with captivating novella series. Sandwiching the thrilling telenovelas is our comprehensive news at 7. Unwind with Sports Zone, Mondays at 9 p.m., BMPS Show, Friday at 9 p.m. and groove to the turn-up general selections at 10 p.m. on weekdays. The weekend is packed with lots of excitement from kids' programs to captivating talk shows. Stay tuned for action-packed movies from Monday to Sunday and many other exciting shows only on Joy Prime. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. That's what we tell each other every day. At Joy News, we tell your story. You have a story the world should know about? Tell it to Joy News. We are your home of bold, credible, and fearless journalism. I am MFA Apau. On 22 July 2021, during my approval process before Parliament, I declared my resolve to render corruption a costly adventure on all accounts. And this office 
has been doing exactly that. A major pillar of the fight against corruption is transparency on the part of anti-corruption agencies. Corruption is perpetrated in stealth and in secrecy, and it thrives on its shrouded attributes. To firmly tackle corruption, we must fight it openly and bear it out in light for public scrutiny. At the OSB, we uphold transparency and we inform the public promptly on occurrences and developments in respect of the cases under investigation and before the law courts. We do so where the publication will not endanger national security or compromise an ongoing investigation or unnecessarily impair the reputation. It's the holiday friends and family sale at JCPenney, and you're invited. Everyone can take home something extra with their 30% off coupon. That's on top of already great savings across the store, like 50% off essentials to deck your halls and home, and up to 40% off Liz Claiborne, perfect for any get-together. Or use your coupon to save an extra 30% store-wide. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles. Store-wide coupon ends 12-3. Lizzie Bend ends 12-6. Home sale ends 12-17. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details of persons under investigation. In pursuance of transparency, we have adopted the policy that the office would issue a media release after every major judicial pronouncement or decision by informing the public on our judges' opinions in cases involving the OSP and stating the position of the office on the opinion in question as to whether the opinion progresses the fight against corruption or inhibits the fight against corruption. This policy is as novel as the office itself, and much like every aspect and operation of this office, the policy has generated public debate on its propriety or otherwise. Those who applaud this policy of transparency see it for what it is, public information and assurances of the position of the office on the fight against corruption, and nothing more. Those who decry it see it as an attack on the judiciary. Indeed, I have had several calls from well-meaning lawyers admonishing me that they have heard talk that our friends who have been elevated to the bench and presiding over cases in court do not take very kindly to criticism, especially of the public calling out variety as we do. And that if the office persists in the media releases, the judges will gang up against the office and throw out all our cases. Mind you, members of the press, the collective admonition is from very senior and experienced lawyers who are men and women of the world. Members of the press, my learning of the law for the past 25 years in three different jurisdictions. My teaching and training of lawyers and law students for the past 17 years. My 20-year record at the bar all bear testimony that I will be the last person to head and lead an institution to attack the judiciary. It will be absolutely of no good and utility should it be the case that the OSP is set against the judiciary, or that the judiciary is against the OSP, that will surely spell disastrous consequences for this republic, especially 
in the fight against corruption to the unending glee of corrupt persons. The OSP will not countenance for a moment such an impression. What we do is a statement of our position on judicial pronouncements in the context of the fight against corruption and whether it benefits the quest against corruption or otherwise. And this is so, whether the judicial decision in question is favorable to the OSP or not. And to the well-meaning lawyers who call to admonish me, I always assure them that I do not believe that our judges see themselves as above criticism. Indeed, I vividly recollect when years ago, as a private practitioner, a justice of the Supreme Court softly chastised me in open court that I was not churning out enough published articles in critique of their work because I was a lecturer at the University of Ghana. The judge added that criticism of judicial pronouncements was essential in guiding judges, and he fondly recollected the regular publications of old in the University of Ghana Law Journal and the Review of Ghana Law. I reckoned the judge's observation with admiration. Collectively with the well-meaning lawyers who admonish me, we philosophize and wonder if our judges would do such a thing as gang up against the flagship public anti-corruption agency to scuttle its work for whatever reason. Our musings run along the lines of, would that not defeat the fight against corruption? Would that not put our young democracy in danger? Will the judges not stultify themselves in the process? We always end with an open-ended sigh, sometimes a sigh of relief, sometimes a sigh of concern that may that never be the case. And personally, I do not believe that our judges will ever adopt such a dystopian stance. However, members of the press, there appears to be a developing trend of rather regressive and dismissive judicial decisions in respect of cases involving the OSP with troubling consequences. And it seems to us that a careful examination of these outcomes portends a disturbing specter that the fight against corruption is being hampered to the disbenefit of us all. And I do not say these things lightly. Four instances will suffice. In one case, the OSP applied to the High Court for a confirmation of a freezing order in respect of a deceased person's estate. The judge refused to confirm the order by, in effect, holding that the OSP had come too late since the person of interest had died and that his death had extinguished the inquiry commenced after the occurrence of death. We publicly commented on this outcome. And the danger of this outcome is obvious, members of the press. It is to the effect that a person may, in his lifetime, acquire property through corruption, and then, upon his demise, happily pass on the corruptly acquired property to his estate, and by so doing, extinguish all scrutiny as to the propriety or otherwise of the acquisition of the property, because his corrupt activities were not discovered during his lifetime. In the second instance, the OSP had declared as wanted a person it believed to be a fugitive from justice. The person, through his lawyer, 
proceeded to the Human Rights Court on an ex parte application. And the judge, without even an inquiry as to why the OSP believed him to be a fugitive from justice, issued an injunction that the OSP should not arrest the person for a period of 10 days. Members of the press, this is dangerous. It encourages criminal suspects to go before the courts to seek injunction orders against law enforcement agencies from apprehending them. The judge did not advert his mind to the well-founded proposition that no one has the right not to be arrested. And he accorded the suspect a right not to be arrested. In the third instance, the OSP applied to the High Court for a confirmation of a seizure order and a freezing order in respect of a person who had just resigned from a ministerial position and had reported that large cash sums in foreign denominations had been stolen from her residence. In addition, the OSP subsequently discovered additional large cash sums in foreign denominations and cities still stashed in her residence. The judge hastily dismissed the OSP's application and ordered a return of the seized amounts and the defreezing of her property. And he proceeded to lash out at the OSP for not doing a thorough investigation without the slightest consideration that the seizure and freezing orders are designed by law to facilitate investigation into the affairs of suspects and not the other way around of requiring thorough investigations before the OSP can seize or freeze. The judge also completely ignored the fact that in almost every jurisdiction, including Ghana, it is extremely unusual and highly suspicious for a public officer to have such large car sums stashed in their homes, and that the circumstances of the case dictated pause and reflection and the granting of the OSP adequate time to carry out its investigation. In our estimation, the judge was only interested in the return of the money to the person of interest and nothing more. Then he proceeded to erect non-existent legal barriers to prevent the OSP from investigating the matter. I'll revisit this case. Members of the press, in the fourth instance, the OSP had issued an investigation report in respect of the grant of a customs advance ruling by the Customs Division of Ghana Revenue Authority. The report opined that there was an institutionalized culture of light-hearted unconcern regarding impropriety of action at the Customs Division of Ghana Revenue Authority, which indicated a high propensity to engender corruption and corruption-related activities. Consequently, the Special Prosecutor directed the opening of a wider investigation in respect of the affairs of the Customs Division. Further, in pursuance of the Office's mandate of taking steps to prevent corruption, the Special Prosecutor directed remedial action by Ghana Revenue Authority. The authority has instituted processes on the basis of the Special Prosecutor's directive, which has saved the nation substantial revenue. Then comes the problem. The affected customs officials proceeded to the High Court to challenge the work of the OSP. 
The judge accused the OSP of constituting itself into a court and a commission of inquiry by making findings. In doing so, the judge conveniently shut his eyes to an express statutory provision that the OSP has the mandate to publish detected acts of corruption, and that was exactly what the OSP had done in the report. I wish it had ended there, but worse, the judge then proceeded to prohibit the OSP from further investigating the affected persons, members of the press. The judge fell into the grievous fault of what he accused the OSP of by outlandishly going beyond his jurisdiction with a, a purported clothing of the affected persons with immunity from investigation and hence immunity from prosecution. Members of the press, the duty and mandate of the courts is to apply and enforce the laws of the republic and not to grant persons immunity from criminal investigations and prosecution. A court cannot injunct the OSP from investigating or prosecuting any person. of the press, just as it is essential that anyone accused of a crime should have free access to the courts so that he may be duly acquitted if found not guilty of the offense with which he or she is charged, it is also of the utmost importance that the judiciary should not interfere with investigation and prosecution authorities in respect of matters which are within their statutory powers. It will be gravely inimical to public policy, the fight against corruption, and the administration of justice if the court stepped into this arena to decide who should be investigated, who should be prosecuted, and who should not. That is not the function of adjudication. The danger of this startling decision is again quite obvious. A judge has in the process granted two persons immunity from investigation and, in effect, immunity from prosecution. This decision opens up a calamitous deluge as every person under criminal investigation will be encouraged to take out suits to injunct investigation and prosecution bodies from investigating and prosecuting them. Indeed, there is a live case involving the OSP now in which someone has taken the cue to, to seek to injunct the OSP from investigating them. The real and present danger looms largely on the consideration that by so doing, persons under investigation would end up conscripting the judiciary to clothe them with immunity from investigation and prosecution. Members of the press, I do not intend to sound as though I am predicting doom. But we are facing doom. And this is it. With this development, it will not be long a suspected murderer or armed robber would boldly walk to court with the unthinkable prayer 
that the court should injunct law enforcement agencies from investigating him. We are not suggesting that the OSP does not make mistakes. We are not suggesting that we are infallible and that every case brought by the OSP or against the OSP should end in a favorable outcome to the OSP, no matter how improbable the evidence. That is not what we are saying. However, it seems to us that this flagship public agency created by law to fight corruption should receive better regard and consideration by the courts and not this developing trend of dismissiveness and regression without regard to its governing enactments and certainly not the erection of non-existent hurdles in its work and operations. I wish I did not have to say all this, but it bears saying, and so I have said it, it is our duty as the Office of the Special Prosecutor to bear these things out. Members of the press, I proceed now to announce the commencement of investigation and corruption risk analysis in respect of the following matters. Number one, government payroll. The OSB has commenced corruption risk assessment and investigation into suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses in respect of Government of Ghana Payroll Administration. The assessment and investigation are especially aimed at isolating and removing non-existent names, recovering wrongful payments, and the prosecution of persons suspected to be culpable for any offenses. The Controller and Accountant General's Department is actively collaborating with the OSP on this investigation and assessment. Indeed, a joint project team of selected staff of the two institutions has been formed. The investigation and assessment will cover all banks and employees on government payroll. The exercise will be carried out in two phases. Phase one will cover Ghana Education Service and the health institutions. Phase two will then cover all other metropolitan, municipal, district assemblies, departments, and agencies. Number two, Tema Oil Refinery. I know some of you went ahead of me because a document that was not supposed to uh, be brought to light was brought to light before my announcement. But hey, you're doing your work as media, so kudos. Tema Oil Refinery. The OSP has commenced analysis of the risk of corruption in respect of the proposed partnership agreement between Tema Oil Refinery and Tema Energy and Processing Limited. The special prosecutor has directed the management of Tema Oil Refinery to immediately suspend the proposed partnership agreement, ongoing negotiations, operations, and all other ancillary activities arising out of and consequent upon the proposed partnership agreement until otherwise advised by the special prosecutor to enable us to uh, timelessly conclude the work. Number three, state lands, stool lands, and other vested lands. The OSP has commenced investigation into the appropriation, sale, 
and lease of state-owned lands and properties to individuals and corporate bodies since 1993. The investigation covers all lands and properties that fall under the direct stewardship of the Lands Commission, the Ministry of Works and Housing, all other ministries, state housing company, state-owned companies, and other state agencies. The investigation also covers the management of vested lands and all public lands over which the state's ownership or control has been relinquished and the conditions of the release and relinquishment. Cecilia Abinadapa. It will be recalled that in July, OSP commenced investigation in respect of suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses regarding large amounts of money, mainly in foreign denominations, and other valuable items involving Ms. Cecilia Abinadapa, a former Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources, and her spouse. It will also be recalled that the office took several steps including freezing Ms. Dapa's bank accounts and investments and seizing large sums from the residence of Ms. Dapa and her spouse. It will further be recalled that upon the refusal by the High Court to confirm the freezing and seizure orders, the office re-seized the cash sums and refroze the bank accounts and investments and applied to the court again for confirmation. The matter is still pending. It will be further recalled that the investigation became cross-border and transboundary upon the claim by persons of interest that part of the seized cash sums was transported into the jurisdiction from the United States. For that reason, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, of the United States became involved in a collaborative investigative work with the OSP on the matter. The investigation has been largely aimed at determining the sources of the large cash sums. We have had the benefit of five months of investigation, and the circumstances of the case are clearer to us. The investigation appears to show that parts of the case are in the province of money laundering and structuring. OSP does not have a direct mandate in respect of money laundering. Therefore, the office will be inviting in law enforcement agencies that have a direct money laundering mandate for collaborative work in respect of those parts of the case. And as we also await the outcome of the FBI investigation in the United States. Members of the press, almost a year ago, in a radio interview, I posed the question whether we are ready to fight corruption. This question had nothing to do with the preparedness of the OSP. It had everything to do with all of us, every citizen and resident of Ghana. I proceeded to answer the question with an unhappy outcome. It seemed to me then that we were not ready to fight corruption. 
and I tabled reasons for my conclusion. Chief among them being our collective tendency to largely remain silent or at best render half-hearted commendation when anti-corruption agencies proceed against persons we dislike and mercilessly tear to shreds the agencies when they repress corruption in respect of our associates. I do not intend to pontificate. However, I have to say this. We must uphold our institutions and strengthen them, especially our law enforcement agencies. We should not take the relative peace and security we presently enjoy for granted. Globally, we live in very troubling times, and we must guard our small slice of heaven at all costs. Members of the press, the OSP must be supported in this way. Should the OSP fail, Ghana would utterly lose the fight against corruption with this attendant erosion of our democracy. Allow me to pose the question again. Are we ready to fight corruption? May God bless us all. And God bless God. about perspectives, intriguing insight into the unexpected, the outstanding and the diversity of culture, people and lifestyles. It connects and evokes the sounds and scenes of uniqueness, of beauty, taste and exciting glamour. As we live it every minute with every breath. Chest exhale on Outlook. I am Martina Bugreen Tamale, and this is Joy News. Independent, fearless, and credible. Your day is never dull when you tune into Joy Prime. Wake up to Prime Morning on weekdays as Rosling, KMJ, and Asiedua kickstart your day with breakfast of issues. The entire explains Sarkodia came promise at the Grammy absence. Stay informed with our news updates, sports coverage, all interlaced with captivating novella series. Sandwiching the thrilling telenovelas is our comprehensive news at 7. Unwind with Sports Zone, Mondays at 9 p.m., BMPS Show, Friday at 9 p.m. and groove to the turn-up general selections at 10 p.m. on weekdays. The weekend is packed with lots of excitement from kids' programs to captivating talk shows. Stay tuned for action-packed movies from Monday to Sunday and many other exciting shows only on Joy Prime. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Driving a taxi in Accra is like watching DSTV. Last time, my passenger cried in my car, sir. Hey, she be watching her, Papa. DSTV, there, it go over you. 
Another one. My child gets so many gifts, and that definitely includes the best of Christmas cartoons. Plus, it keeps her occupied whilst I get things done. We watch the Premier League on Super Sports, like we are in a stadium. Rashford was in an offside position, but he wasn't interfering with play. And Bruno's call. This Christmas, dear, entertainment galore on DSTV. The contents just go over you. Dial star 759 hash to reconnect or stay connected now. A chunk of my life has been directed to helping the mental challenge people in Upper West Region by way of, you know, impacting their lives, helping and assisting them, bathing them, feeding, clothing, and medicating them to regional psychiatric units. I I almost go around almost every fortnight, bring them together, bath them, feed them, and clothe them. And after all, I invite the municipal hospital to come and screen them. Apart from that, I've given almost all of them health insurance. Yet to make sure that when they are sick, I take them to the hospital. My motivation is whenever I ask myself the purpose of my life, that motivated me more to go into this. Because I ask myself, what am I here for? Apart from service to God, what is the other thing that I can do to impact somebody's life? When I ask myself such a question, it gives me more hope to go into such a venture. We have been doing this for almost 17 years. We started as a volunteer group in 2007 and had our formal, regi- formal and legal registration as an NGO in 2010. There are more than 200, 300 people as, you know, because uh, they are not stable, people used to come and go. But at least, as we are speaking now, in one municipal alone, we had about 47 people, 47 registered people. But those people who pass through Bahas Foundation are more than 200 people. Gay News is a very big and a large platform which everybody would like to feature on. And I know this thing, inshallah, it will bring hope and it will bring a lot of investors, a lot of uh, uh, benevolent uh, investors to come to our aid, you know, to push our initiative for the mental home we are trying to. You're inflating your kid's favorite inflatable snowman before they get home from school, except it melts into a puddle of plastic sadness. While you hide the evidence, you get Instacart to deliver the same one from Lowe's in as fast as an hour. So, 
By the time the kids get home, it's like it never even happened. Do it yourself, but don't do it alone with Instacart and Lowe's. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first order. $10 minimum. Terms apply. It's the holiday friends and family sale at JCPenney, and you're invited. Everyone can take home something extra with their 30% off coupon. That's on top of already great savings across the store, like 50% off essentials to deck your halls and home, and up to 40% off Liz Claiborne, perfect for any get-together. Or use your coupon to save an extra 30% store-wide. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles. Store-wide coupon ends 12-3. Lizzie Bend ends 12-6. Home sale ends 12-17. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. In. What did your parents think about you um, and, and what you're doing or what you've decided to do? Because you've been doing this for the past 20 years. So uh, over, 20, over the years, mm. what did your uh, parents think about uh, this that, you're, that, that, that we you've come to know so somewhere in 2012 I after the whole audition 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 thing I went to Gallywood right yeah and um, about uh, like uh, six months course so I lied to them that oh, I had a room in town but it was just one old man's um, bar and uh, I, the, the town since it was a village mm. the boys and the girls the rich guys they had already occupied the rooms but the school had a host of but it was super full. So I went to see the old man. I used this pub, kind of like new. I brought my mosquito net and my student mattress in there. Challenge some hustler be. I lied yeah. to my parents that you are guests of Ruby. Went there, back to back, back to back, learning and all that. Then, boom, when I was in school, every week we'll have the show. Then we'll crown the best actor, best supporting actor, best director and all that. I didn't have money. So... I was depending on that thing. I lost just once. That was the first time. Right. I cried like, yo, I need money. So, after, so you win, they, they give yeah, you money. Right. Yeah, like a hundred Ghana cities for the best actor. So yes. I was depending on that money for the week because I have to buy um, pure water, the bag. Okay. I needed to use that to bath. Uh, my skin was Charlie destroying with the whole village water, you know. So after you have that, a sensitive sink. Yeah, 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 I do. Mm. I don't use the creams and all that. I mm. try to abstain from the sun. Okay, please. Yeah, I'm trying to be like you, like smooth like you. Oh, <laughs> so moving forward, yeah, depending on that, I'm going to see this every week. I took it. So I was like the Michael Jackson on campus. Then on the D-Day, I won the overall best actor. Actor. So it was then my parents were like, oh. Okay. Good. Yeah, this guy, he means business. He really wants to do oh, this. So they, yeah. they allowed. But even after that, Charlie, you know where we are. I had a challenge. I was good. That's what the directors were saying. But I wasn't looking matured. Now mm. back to scripting. Like and people needed matured faces, matured mm. um, actors, and all. And I was so small like them. But hey, here we are. Now we are doing our own content. Yeah, mm. so the transition, what happened? Why, you know, because, I mean, you can stay um, as the actor that you are mm. and not create, now you're, crea you're, you know, more known for creating content. Yeah. We see you on social media, yeah. your YouTube pages and, yeah. and all your social media pages. You're creating content mm. uh, instead of being, you know, behind, oh yeah. no, uh, in front of the camera mm. acting. Uh, we don't see you in movies. Mm. I've seen you in a couple of movies and all of that. We talk about uh, the number of movies that you've starred in. But, I mean, what happened? 
Why the transition all, all of a sudden? So, I mean, an, an actor, we're all waiting to be called for scripts, mm. you know. But there was a time I was super depressed because the jobs weren't coming. Mm. I was so, so depressed. And it was about a fire burning inside me. Like, this fire was burning. I needed to act. I needed to be in front of the camera and all. Then I said, yo, let me just write my own script. Mm. Shut, 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 shut. Do something. Gather some coins and put it out there. Just so that the fire doesn't die. Right. I was so depressed. And it's funny how comedy came out from a dark place. Mm. You are down... You're, you're teary and you're writing and you put it out there and people are laughing. No, like people didn't actually know where those it's stories were coming from. from. Coming from a very dark place. You know, a super about, hey, thank God, thank God I actually um, use this whole depression thing very well. I mean, life will throw things at you. It depends on how. How is that real? I, I mean, a lot of people... I uh, have been talking about depression, mm. depression lately. Yeah. Is it that real? It's real. It's real. It's and yo, creatives cry a lot. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> You're not my friend. Yeah. I'm interviewing you. Creatives cry a lot because you work, you cook when everyone is asleep. During the day, you put it out there, and everyone's like, ah, not bad. It's cool. And this is something like you cooked overnight. Mm. You know expectations like Charlie depression is real what is the problem what do you think is the problem do you think the, there's an industry problem do you think there's an individual problem which uh, has to do with their creatives themselves or uh, there's a general uh, problem with creative industry mm. here in Ghana because I mean now you're 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 talking about creatives crying yeah. what what do you think is the problem why are we not uh, why do you have to cry? Why do you have to be depressed? I think, I think uh, let's blame everyone. Okay. Let's blame everyone. And um, let's see uh, content beyond laughter, beyond exposure. Mm. Let's see it as a business. Right. Because for the filmmaker, the filmmaker is projecting language, food, dress, locations, telling the country right. to the rest of the world. So I think if we see the business aspect of... We as human beings, I'm sure that's how we, we, we were wired. If you tell us that, Charlie, this thing is selling now, mm. then we'll go make serious. Right. You feel me? Yeah. Let's see the business aspect of all these things. So, if it's like that, investors will come on board. The, um, the government will be interested in it. Content sells. Let no one lie to you. Right. Filmmaking is selling. Filmmaking in Nigeria is oil. Right. It's like an oil business. Everyone. Yeah, all over Netflix. Yes. Everyone is shooting, everyone is working. But here, here we are trying, but we can take about three months before we see a good movie, you know. Let's go hard on it. Ghanaians, we don't like taking risks. Mm. Yeah, it applies everywhere. Music, content, film. We don't like taking risks. Let's go hard on it. Mm. In whatever that we do, you know. Make sure we'll be uh, Charlie. How many movies have you starred in? Uh, I can't, I can't uh, count, but not. But you did like some walker pass somewhere, mm, main, um, main, main cats somewhere, or yeah. supporting role somewhere. Mm. Hey, Charlie. So if you put all, you know, my, in my mind now, eh, my my contents, have, like, it has, it has taken the space 
Right. Yeah. You can't so even remember I can, the... um, once upon a once once upon a time is it once upon a formula or something featuring Mr. Johnson and okay. directed by Pascal Amanfom, Terminus, uh, Abuidi, a few of them, a few. Yeah. You... And I've done a couple of uh, jobs that are on um, Cover Magic. Yeah. yeah. Seen seen yeah. the series. Mm. So they 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 used to call you the Ramsey Noah. Yeah, that was in school. Back in school. Yeah. So I wanted to find out if um, he was your inspiration for. I mean, you know, we we all have people that we look mm. up to and mm. and all of that. Actors. Yeah. Mine is Denzel Washington. You don't have to choose that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you have any anybody that you uh, look up to? Yeah. Somebody that you yeah. use? Oh, okay, I, I I want to be there. Don't say Will Smith. No, no. <laughs> Tyler. 